Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Come plan your dream wedding all in one day at the 17th Annual Newport Bridal Show on March 3rd. Meet with more than 80 top wedding professionals at two of Newport's most romantic venues, Rose Cliff and Ocean Cliff Mansions. Visit NewportBridalShow.net to buy your ticket today. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Cape Sports Now, the Cape Cod Times Facebook Live show and podcast covering all things high school sports on Cape Cod. I'm Matt Goisman alongside Steve Jardarian. Steve, it's playoff time. We're going to get to all of the playoff games this week for basketball and uh, ice hockey. We're going to look back at some of the All-State stuff that happened over the weekend. But first, we have a guest calling in, fresh off winning three gold medals at the state swim meet. We've got Nantucket's Tyler Rothke. Tyler, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. So, put me in. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the the sw- uh, the state swim meet at the end. You know, you guys are with Whalen for a while. They maybe start to pull away about midway through the meet. I think they just had maybe too many competitors at the meet to really avoid them scoring that many points. So, when you guys finish second, is it? excitement uh is it disappointing you know what were the emotions on the team after you know finishing second in the state which is pretty darn good we were all super stoked i mean we knew going into it that whalen had at least twice as many swimmers as we did so i think we knew they were going to definitely build their leads throughout the meet and i think our best program finished before this year was six yeah so to get second huge for us we were all really happy and you guys hadn't ever won a state swim meet, uh, state swim event before you did it last year. And this year, I think you guys got three, right? Yep, both my individuals and yep. then our four free play, which was huge. That was so cool to be on the relay. What um, Did you have any sense after last year and with everybody basically coming back that this year's team really did have this potential to compete for a sectional title, which would mean you'd have to beat some D1 schools to do this kind, to have this kind of result at state? I mean, we had our best season last year to history, and then so we knew that with barely losing any guys and us only getting stronger at the start of the season, we definitely had our sights set high, and we knew that this could be a historic year. So we all worked really hard for it. Tyler, what was your favorite part of this season? Was there one moment in particular that stood out? Was it just being at state and getting to maybe lift that trophy, or was there maybe something else, um, a particular race or a particular accomplishment that stands out to you throughout the year? Um, tough. I'd say definitely that 400 free relay at states. To be able to win that with three other guys on there, I mean, we've all been working so hard for that, and that's been a goal of ours since September. So that was really cool. And then I'd say second close to that was going 1-2 with James Tafe in the 200 free. That was so cool, especially just him being a senior. For him to be able to finish like that and for us to do it together, that was so cool. You mentioned James. Obviously, he's one of the biggest names of people who are going to graduate this year. Cameron Gottlieb is another example, Cooper Norris. This particular senior class, the guys that you've swum, swam with for a while, what can you say, how can you describe kind of your experience swimming with them, what they have meant to this program? Because, 
you know, to get second at state, everybody's got to contribute. And guys like James and Grant and, and everybody really did this year. Right. I mean, it's just, we've been so tight and I've been swimming with all of them since I was eight years old, if not before that. So we've definitely been close. And then like as the cam and coop, I mean, they both dropped a bunch of time at States and were able to both score high. So even between Cooper getting top eight and then cam getting that 16th place with that one point, everything helps. So that was really big for them. And then obviously James with his high finishes, that was huge points. So everyone really contributed. Now, we'll, keep, be, we'll miss them next year for sure. Absolutely, yeah. I'm curious, as you you know, you told us before the show, you're in Florida right now. What's this time like in between kind of seasons? Because I believe right after this, club kind of starts right back up pretty soon, right? Yeah, so I'm back in club swimming right now. I'm focused on, <clears throat> I have a meet in two weeks at WPI, and that's the New England Regional. And then I'm focused on, I mean, Ithaca, New York, which is the Eastern Zone sectional. That's my alma mater, actually. Actually, funny you mentioned that. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah, it's a good facility over there. But um, but just in terms of your, you know, health wise, because you obviously build up and you kind of taper down for the state season. Like, do you guys kind of have to ramp down a little bit, or do you kind of keep at that level, building all the way through these meets? We've gone up this past week or the week. I think two days. We took Monday off after states, and then starting Tuesday, we ramped it back up. <laughs> And then this week's been tough down in Florida, but at least it's outside, so that's nice. <laughs> and then we'll take it back down before sectionals. How much uh, – so, you know, you talked about how Wayland had twice the number of people. You guys – it was a very tight team, but a little bit small in terms of total roster, and everybody on the team had to swim multiple events. How much of a focus is there on general conditioning within the Nantucket program? Because I feel like you kind of need it if everybody is going to be doing three or four events, sometimes in multiple disciplines, sometimes relay and individual, uh, you know, what's the training like to get to when you have a team of your size? Right. It's definitely tough, especially because the meet isn't that long. It's only like two and a half hours. So to have four big swims and within that, that definitely goes to all the training. And I mean, that's what we work for. We always say during sets, the first half of the set, we're working for our individuals and all that. And then the second half of the set is working for that four free relay because it's the last event. Everyone swam at least two times before that. And that's where you really got to dig down deep and utilize all that hard work you put in and swim fast. Who do you think was, uh, of the people who are a little bit newer to the varsity this year, who are a couple who kind of surprise you or impress you by what they were able to contribute despite maybe a little bit of a lack of varsity uh, previous varsity experience um the first name that comes to mind with that is definitely aiden robert mm -hmm. he was the fourth guy on our relay and he's had a lot of experience with club swimming and like regular season high school and this was his first kind of big meet when it comes to states and postseason and he really stepped it up. I mean, I think every single swim starting at sectionals to states, he went faster and faster in his event. So that really helped us out. He came up huge, and he did great. Yeah. Uh, the last thing I really have, just curious, looking towards the future, any uh, dream schools or anything you're looking at currently right now? Um. So I've been – obviously, I'm still a junior mid-halfway through, so things are still pretty light with the process, but – I've definitely looked into D1, and I've been talking to some coaches. 
I don't have a necessarily dream school, but I definitely have some reaches and some safety schools and all that. So I'm just trying to find my list and get like a top five together for now. Cool. Very cool. I think that I'd do it. Tyler, enjoy the, I would assume, much warmer weather down in Florida. Uh, and thank you so much for talking to us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bet. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Good. Take care. A little a bit one. of... um. There we go. A little bit of show history today. Yeah. Tyler Rothke, Nantucket Swimmer. First student athlete we've had on this program. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. He's been all coaches up to this point, so certainly a person well-deserving of yep. that recognition, so to speak. He's got his name on all four state titles in Nantucket swim history now, either as an indiv- three as an individual and one with that relay team. Mm-hmm. So, Certainly know. someone we're going to see at the next level at some point. I it think would be so. really interesting to see where he ends up. Yeah, I mean, when I talked to his coach last year, he's, the, t- the schools he talked about – these aren't just like small D1s. These are big name D1 schools. So We're talking like the Maid Power 5 He mentioned like that. Michigan, I think right. maybe just as a pipe dream. I, I have no idea if that's actually going to happen or not. But that's, you know, it's the difference between going to like Louisville versus, you know, UMass Lowell or something right, to reference right. maybe say the DY track well, team. Well, the Big Ten's huge on swimming too, yeah. you know, with Indiana and stuff like that. Yeah, Indiana's the world, you know. Well, you just, uh, Marie Chamberlain, was, right. well, you just talked to, mm-hmm. um, which... And they produce Olympians, so... Yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> and if you haven't read Steve's story on her, go check it out. It's online. It's really, really good. All right. So, All yeah, right. now we're in playoff action yeah, now this Yeah, playoff week. time. Time to switch, uh, look at to sports that are still going on. Boys basketball, girls basketball, boys and girls ice hockey, all of that. The South sectional tournaments are going to kick off this week. We had a lot of teams make the playoffs this year. We had... Uh, there's a total of, I think, 28 playoff games between today through Thursday. So that'll start to thin out. But for now, we got a lot of teams still with something to play for. Yeah, absolutely. Um, start with boys basketball here. Uh, Nasset, team that just snuck in. A lot of these teams, you know, just sneaking in, whether based on their records with 10 wins yep. or just a Sullivan rule. But 10 and 10, going to go up against Milton with 12 and 8. That's 6.30 p.m. Tuesday. That's a preliminary round game. Right. Yeah. You know, the Warriors, they did start pretty well this year, but then they lost to Nantucket and then really started to spiral a little yeah. bit this year. Kind of regained their ground a little bit toward the end of the year, mm-hmm. but... Didn't play all that consistently, nor did really any team in the Atlantic Coast League maybe save for Marshfield this year. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, you know, they didn't play Milton during the regular season, but Milton did play both Falmouth and uh, Marshfield and beat both teams, which, I'm sorry, I think that's Falmouth and Sandwich they played. Um, I don't know why I have Marshfield in my notes, but they played two ACL teams that swept, each of which swept Nosset. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean anything, but it is a little telling. Look, if Bobby Joy has a really good game and a couple of their other guys can step up and score 10 to 12, they could get this road win, but then they got to go to Hanover, which is 17 and 3 and crushed Sandwich by 30 points back in December. Right. I think Nosset might get one playoff win out of this, but then I think they're I think that's it for them this year. And Nosset's story's always kind of been live and die by the three, right? I yes. mean, you look at, you know, guys like Henry Blanchard, for example, mm-hmm. could get from the outside. You know, it's funny, though. I was just watching that yeah. rematch, the UMBC-Virginia, uh, the 16 versus 1 last mm-hmm. year. And the way they won that game, they hit like 12 of 24 three-pointers yeah. or something like that. So if they pick their spots and then their defense can hold up, you never know. Sure. You know, this is a winnable game for sure. I don't know that I would pick either of these teams to be able to knock off Hanover, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of days later. Uh, you know, as we said, Nasset, great start. And then they kind of, you know, they had some injuries, which I think definitely affected them. And then ACL play really hurt them, where they where they really struggled in league play. Um, you know, 
we'll st- and then in D3 uh, on Tuesday, we've got Martha's Vineyard 11 and 9 at Case 12 and 6. The Vineyard, 12 and 8, yes, yeah, sorry. Uh, 12 and 8, I can't read. That's uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I got into journalism when I can't read. Uh, Vineyarders, the kind of interesting team this year, they didn't draw, I think, as much attention as a Cape and Islands League team because you had Cape Cod Academy who were so good, and then you had Monomoy and Nantucket who were actually better teams, at least in league play, and they were the ones who won the league title. But Martha's Vineyard, they beat Nantucket. They went to overtime against uh, Monomoy. They were really good this year, uh, and I certainly think they've got a very good chance to knock off this case team. You know, it's a 7 versus 10 seed. It's not overwhelming difference in the records. You know, they've got guys like Dylan Dyke, Aiden Arugio, Mike Trusty. These are all guys who can go off for 18, 20, 22, sometimes more, and if they and they've got some height, and if they can do all of that, they've got a real chance to win this game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, remember, it wasn't even that long ago that the Vineyard was playing at the Garden, you know, yeah. in the uh, state semifinal, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this program's had had a track record of surprising teams, and I wouldn't be surprised if, if, like you said, if they beat Case this week. So, those are the two games on Tuesday. On Wednesday, uh, and then Wednesday is the big game for boys basketball, and then there's a little bit after that. Uh, so. Wednesday, we've got D.Y. at Whitman Hansen. That's in Division Two. That's 13-7 and 16-6. And you know, D.Y., they've kind of lived all season by guys by, like Cam Tauber, Jaquan Phillips, excuse me, Jaquan, uh, and Logan Grosek. If they can play well, if they can free themselves up, if Cam can knock down shots from the outside, if Logan can find that spot, you know, kind of around the, the free throw line, he's a little bit better in kind of the higher post than right under the basket. I think the Dolphins can definitely pick up a road, get, a road win, but the Panthers did win 16 games this year. That's a lot of wins. It's going to be a tough one to go into their their gym and pull this one off. But don't be too surprised because it was either last year or the year before, correct me if I'm wrong, the DY won its first game on the road. I believe it was a prelim. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. It escapes me who Something they played, like but you know it, it's happened before, and, and I think if Brosick's on his game, it's certainly – you know, it's going to be very difficult to stop him. I don't care who Whitman Hanson throws out there. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But pretty much, like, kind of like you said, it's going to live or die by how he plays and mm-hmm. how a couple of those other guys can chip in. Yeah, I, you know, D.Y. was also a team that started off very strong. And then starting about the turn of 2019, they started to struggle a little bit. You know, those two losses to Sandwich, which really hurt their chances to win an ACL title, I think those kind of... I think we're seeing the repercussions of that in that they're on the road, whereas if they had won those, even if that wouldn't have been enough to win a league title, it probably would have been enough to maybe get a home game. Um, we've also in Division Two got Falmouth 13-7 and at Hingham 16-6 and at 6.30 p.m. Same records, uh, but I would actually say this one is the one where there's more likely to be a road win. You know, I think Falmouth's record uh, – is what it is because at the beginning of the season, they didn't have Kyle Cardoza and Cam Dunbury healthy. Falmouth is, they went five and one in February. I think Falmouth has the height and they also have the experience of outside shooters like Duke Melton. This is definitely a potential first round upset. If you want to call it that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the defense is going to play well, you know, in limit Hingham in points. So the question is if their offense can keep up mm-hmm. because I'm sure Hingham's going to have plenty of scorers out there who could you know, we're making an interesting game. So certainly for Falmouth to have the best chance, got to keep it close early on because if Hingham goes off in the first quarter and takes a lead by, you know, 10, 12, 14 points, it's going to mm-hmm. be very hard for a Falmouth team, I think, to catch up Definitely. and do it bit by bit. A team that really relies on its inside presence. Um, 
matchup we're really looking forward to, though, is in D3 yeah. um, on 6.30 p.m. Wednesday. Bourne at Monomoy. These two teams rarely, if ever, see each other. Um, Bourne got in the playoffs at 8-14 and 14 because they finished second place in the South Coast Conference Small Division. Mm-hmm. Whereas Monomoy got in, they were a co-champion to the Cape and Islands League. They're 13-5 overall. Um, we'll see Monomoy, which is obviously key on his defense. We'll see how they handle, most importantly, James Cahoon, yeah. Bourne's best player. But uh, the Cowman also have guys like Paul Rosnell and Chris Darcy. Mm-hmm. We'll see how they can handle, um, On the con- conversely, we'll see how uh, Bourne can handle um, Isaiah Stafford and Jamie Ruthier. Yep. Mixed with a couple guys like Aiden Melton. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you like Monomoy in this one, but I kind of like Bourne just because of how the, the skill of opponents that Bourne plays throughout the year. Mm-hmm. And I think in spots, they've played really well. Now, I'm not saying Bourne's necessarily going to make a run here, mm-hmm. but I think they're a little bit more battle-tested. And we've seen at times where Bourne's really on its game. It can put up a lot of points really sure. quickly if it can shoot well from the outside. I, this is a real toss-up to me. I, I'm not really sure who, if anyone really has the edge. Yeah, I, my thing with Bourne is they're battle-tested, but not necessarily in the playoffs. You know, They didn't make it last year, and the year before when they did go, that was an entirely different roster, whereas this Monomoy team does have people who are still there from that team that made mm-hmm. the South sectional finals a couple of years ago. Isaiah Stafford is a good example. Jamie Ruthier has got a lot of varsity experience. So... I think this – I still take Monomoy in this one. I think they're taller. I think they've got more height at each position. Uh, and I, when I've seen them play, I, they've played very well. They've beaten – they beat Cape Cod Academy, which only two teams have done this whole year. They beat Barnstable, which is a D1 team. You know, I think they're playing really good basketball at the end of the, at the, end of the regular season. So I think, I think Monomoy gets it done at home in this one. Right. Uh, Cape and Islands League game on D4. We got Sturgis East at 10 and 8 versus Nantucket 16 and 4. That's 5.30 p.m. Wednesday, so that's the earlier, mm-hmm. earliest of the bunch. Um, you know, Nantucket's look pretty dominant in, in the yeah. way they've been able to battle back and earn the co-share of the title. Yeah, I think fair pretty two Monomoy, right? right this year's pretty well for them. A lot of people forget this is a number one seeded team last year. Made it all the way, I believe, to the semifinals yeah, against Cohasset. They played mm-hmm. at Bourne. Um, this team has so many guys back, and we keep hearing the same names from seems like every sports season, right? Yeah. Terrain Burton, yeah. Devontae Usher, uh, Victor Gambaroni, all mm-hmm. these guys. Really fun, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they've just been phenomenal this year. I'd be really surprised if they don't get past Sturgis fairly easily here. They did beat Sturgis twice in Cape and Islands League play this season. Right, including and- one game by 34 points. So Yes. Uh, Sturgis East, you know, they got a couple All-Stars, and Bryce Ullman and Sarif McDowell, both Cape and Islands League All-Stars, but... I think Nantucket's going to have too many weapons, and at home I would be really surprised if Nantucket didn't win this game. I agree. We've also got a a rematch of an all-Cape game in D4. The other one is Upper Cape at 10-10 at Cape Cod Academy, 17-3. You know, I've said before, I think if Cape Cod Academy doesn't win a state title, and I don't think they'd be favored to do so, what will probably beat them in the end is their lack of a front court. But I don't see that costing them against Upper Cape in this game. You know, the Seahawks beat the Rams by 25 points and 17 points in the regular season. Neither game did it really seem like Upper Cape could match the shooting and the defensive energy of guys like Jane Greenleaf and Alex Marchant and Andrew James. Upper Cape has won three of its last four. They've got some real good players in Des Nascimento and Wally Alden. I think Cape Cod Academy... I wouldn't be surprised if they lost in the quarterfinals at home, but I think they will get past Upper Cape in this yeah. one. I mean, we'll see. I mean, look, um, you know, 
Des and Wally are two football players, guys, that, mm-hmm. you know, they're going to try to put their height and their strength at the advantage inside. And, I mean, if I'm upper cape, I'm trying to slow that game down as much as possible, make it a grinded-out kind of affair, keep it close, not let the shooters from Cape Cod Academy really right. run up and down the court, get open looks. So, But they're still going to use that full-court press of theirs. Of I course. mean, that's how they broke up upper cape in the, when mm-hmm. they played them at in Bourne, you know, in the regular season. Right. So, I mean, obviously, it's going to come down to smart pass and good communication, try to break that press and mm-hmm. set up good scoring opportunities. So, we'll see how that plays out 6.30 p.m. Wednesday, right? Yeah, and we've seen I've seen CCA shooting go cold, which could happen. They mm-hmm. are a team, like a lot of these other ones, that relies on their three-point shooting, and three-point shooting is riskier than two-point shooting. So, you know, we'll, anything could happen. I still pick the Seahawks to win this one. Uh, you want to switch over to girls basketball? Yeah, let's do it. So uh, first, the only game happening tonight in terms of basketball, Barnstable at 10 and 8 is going to be up at Braintree, 16 and 7. That starts at 6.30 p.m. up in Braintree. You know, Barnstable won 4 or 5 heading into the postseason. It's a good sign you know, for a team that you know, won only two games last year that deserves some context. There's Carly Whiteside was out for the whole season. Yep. But still, you know, it's a pretty good turnaround, a good story this year. This team you know, has gained a lot of attention and the way it plays and, and Whiteside clearly mm-hmm. a thousand point score, you know, really impressive considering she missed all her junior year. Yeah. Um, and she, yes, yeah, she did play as an eighth grader. So that helped, but still, um, yeah, you know, roster Cole has come in and just really, I think the team's really responded well to him, mm-hmm. especially with a lot of the younger players. It's clearly a program that's going to have to build from its base, even though it has Whiteside now because she's right. going to be gone next year. Yep. So they're going to have to kind of find that next wave of players to come through. And I think players like Nakia Bland, um, for example, or, or example, yeah, people she's have gonna, to be leaders. She's going to be the the star of the team next year, I would suspect. Yeah, for them to be Braintree at sixteen and seven, they're going to have Whiteside and Bland are going to have to have pretty big games. I think it would be good to get a third player also having a big one. Maybe Abby Alsusi, who we've seen play well, you know, have some good games this whole season. You know, this isn't the quite the same turnaround that Jacola brought to the football team, but it's definitely has this program in the right direction. Uh, good successful first season for him and we'll see over the next couple of years kind of what he's able to do with that program as he gets more and more underclassmen that he can kind of mold from their freshman year instead of inherited seniors and he has no fear look he's told me multiple times that you know i would want to play us in the postseason so we'll see Mm -hmm. how that pans out tonight um then moving on into tuesday uh all d4 across the board so Mm -hmm. we have um uh, Holbrook is going to be at Falmouth Academy. That's a 6 p.m. start. Um, you know, Nantucket was clearly the best team in the Cape and Islands League, but um, uh, Kyla Kruger did a great job of taking this Mariners squad that just graduated, Jane Early and Kendall Currents, um, and, and really made this into a really solid team. And we right. were just talking last night, Devin Hill's a huge reason to do yeah, it. Yeah, Devin that. Hill's really been key to that. And we figured um, that uh, she would kind of be the one. She was, I, I remember uh, talking to, Gus Adams last year, and he thought Devin was going to be kind of the person to take over once those two graduated. And, you know, those were two of the best athletes Falmouth Academy has ever produced. They're probably going to go into the the FA Hall of Fame together at some point in the next couple of years. You know, FA has been a mainstay in the D4 semifinals over the last few years. This time they're going to have to fend off a Holbrook Bulldogs team with an almost identical record. Uh, I Definitely could win this game, but they also definitely could lose it. I think this one is really a toss-up, uh, and we'll see. You know, if they can get back to the semis, they're going to have to do it after this pretty much all on the road, which if they pull it off would be impressive. 
Right, absolutely. Team that we've been following a lot at the beginning of the year and how it started was the Mashby girls. And it mm -hmm. almost seems like we've kind of faded off on them a little bit because they clinched the postseason so quickly. Yeah. Um, but they're going to play a Sturgis East team. Both teams have identical 13-7 and seven mm -hmm. records. Um, this could be a very interesting one. You know, the Storm have showed a lot of promise over the last few years, and they're not a team you can take lightly. No. You know, they, they, they're a disciplined team. Um, they like to pressure the ball really well, and um, it, it's going to take a, a huge team effort from Mashby um, outside of Ashley Kelleher, mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and a couple of their other players to really um, – put this one home for a win. Yeah, I you know, this is a rematch from December. Mashpee played Sturgis in the Holidays are for Everyone tournament. Mashpee won that game. Mashpee is rested because they've only played two games in the entire month of February, <laughs> but I'd be a little concerned about just kind of rustiness when you haven't gotten that much competition against other teams. You know, Ashley Kelleher is going to have to lead the team. She's the program's all-time leading scorer. Hialeah Turner-Foster has played really well uh, in both of her last couple of games, so she's played well all month. Serge East, Madeline Tucker, and Ava uh, Dowick, those are kind of the two who've really been playing well lately. Serge East has definitely had a lot more competition. I think Mashpee wins this game, but if they look sloppy, it's because their schedule was so packed at the beginning that they had such a they had too much time off you know, between games in the, this last month. Absolutely. And then the last D4 matchup Tuesday, uh, Monomoy at 11 and 7 is going to be at South Shore Vogue, mm -hmm. 13 and 5. I mean, Monomoy's big concern all year is that it hasn't put up a lot on offense in a yeah. lot of games this year. And you, you start to wonder if that's really going to come back to, to bite it in, in the postseason here. Mm -hmm. um, Sharks been held under 40 points in eight of the last 10 games. But then again, they're playing a South Shore Vogue team that hasn't really put the ball in the net that well either this that's year. You know, Erin Stark, used particularly played well down the net. I think she really has to go off and have a score in double figures for Monomoy to have a chance here. Um, yeah, she's really that key, I think, especially. Yeah, meanwhile, so turning over to Wednesday, we've got uh, Bourne in Division Three. Bourne's 13-9. and nine. Norwell is at Norwell. That's a 16-4 and four team. Emma Fenton can keep the Canalman in this game for a while. You know, 1,000-point score, really very good athlete, tall, strong one. But I've also seen her get taken out of the game by good defenses, which is what happened uh, in the South Coast Conference Championship a, a week ago. If that happens here, you're going to need to see something really good from players like Brooke McCallum, Kaya Fernandez, especially Nora Barmashi, uh, for them to have a chance. Uh, Barmashi is just a freshman, so we'll sh see how she handles her first taste of the postseason. Definitely a team that can get the upset, but it's certainly, you know, 16-win teams are always good, right. so it's going to be hard to beat them at home for but sure. But I don't rule it up because the week before that South Coast Conference Championship, Bourne went into a and won and rallied true. to win too. So It would be really good, know. though, if they could not fall quite so far behind as right. they did in either of those Aponiquit games. You know, The first one, they were able to make a massive comeback, which was great for them and really cool. The second time around, they fell behind really early and were just out of the game. So mm -hmm. in general, you don't want to start fall behind by 10, 15, 20 points early because it's a tough battle the rest of the way. Right, but it's a tough seed. Like you said, you have to go to Noir right away, and, mm -hmm. and almost in a way you feel like Bourne played better and kind of almost deserved maybe a little bit of a better seed. But, you know, the system is what it is. Yeah, <laughs> you exactly. got to play whoever's in front of you. So um, Sandwich, a team that got in with a Sullivan roll at 713, is going to be at East Bridgewater, 6.30 p.m. Wednesday. Um, you know, Blue Lights are clearly the last seed in the section getting in, you know, with mm -hmm. seven wins. Um, East Bridgewater's number two seed. Uh, only lost three times this year, and 
you know, two were against the defending state champs in Coyle Cassidy. Mm-hmm. So, or division D4 champion Coyle Cassidy. Right. Um, Callie Sorensen scored 22 in the regular season finale. But, you know, again, she's, they're going to have to need a little bit more than just that yeah. to, to knock off East Bridgewater, I think. For sure. And then wrapping up Wednesday with a Division Four game, that's Westport 11-9 at Nantucket 16-4. and Whalers have had a couple of high seeds over the last few years and haven't always played maybe up to that seed status. You know, they, they were the fifth seed in 2016, and they lost in the first round. Last year they were the three seed, and they lost in the quarterfinals at home. Now they're the fourth seed, and they're going to have to prove themselves against a Mayflower Athletic Conference team in Westport. You know, Nantucket all year, they, they're the Cape and Islands League champs. Malika Phillips, Marina Caspi, we've talked about the two of them pretty much every week. They've been the team's core. I think this team should be able to handle Westport and set up a second-round home game as well. Yeah, absolutely. So big games coming up Thursday, though, perhaps even the, the teams that we think might have the best chance of making a run at things. Mm-hmm. Both Nosset and Falmouth are going to host playoff games Thursday at 6.30. Both D2. Right. Nosset's going to host uh, Canton. Canton. Yeah, Nosset coming in 15-5, and five, Canton 14-6. and six. Um, you know, 10 of the 17 D2 South teams won 14 games this year. Yeah, so D2 girls unbelievable attacks. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that kind of as I wait for the boys too, um, as we've met, we've seen in years past for different sports. So, you know, whoever makes it through, I think from the South is going to have a very good shot at, you know, making a run for the state title. Um, but the Warriors, you know, they, they are coming off an outstanding season last year mm-hmm. in which they made it to the final for the first time in program history. Yep. Um, all those players are back. They're under a new coach this year. But um, we've seen Nasa played some of the best of the best in the state and yeah. fall short a few times. But, Including Coyle. Right. Nearly beat Coyle. I mean, this uh, Nasa could have easily just, you know, played – you know, easy teams around here and mm-hmm. ended up 18 and one or 19 and 0 or sure. something like that. But that's not how they went about it. So, um, you know, that's drops them a few places, but certainly they're one of the more dangerous teams, I think, in D2 self. I think so too. You know, I, Reagan, me and Skylar Sanderson, those two are going to have to be big in the postseason for them to get through this kind of gauntlet. I'm also waiting to see that really big night from Avery Burns. She had a couple of them last year, including I think one in the playoffs uh, and she's had some good games this year as well, but she always always has that capacity to have a, a six a night where she knocks down six three pointers or something like that. We'll see if maybe she gets that one going uh, at some point in these first couple of rounds. Uh, and then wrapping up girls basketball on Thursday, we have New Mission nine and seven at Falmouth thirteen and three. I think the Clippers should be able to win this game, but I am concerned about their health. Kayla Thomas and Ariane Sylvia both suffered ankle injuries at the end of the regular season. And without them, Falmouth is really going to struggle to score points. It seems like Kayla, at least, is, has returned to practice. I think between that and the long break, she should. Hopefully, you know, she's their leading scorer and she's good to go in this game. I'd like to see Skylar Gonzalez continue to play well. I've seen her play really great interior defense. Uh, I, Sylvia's health is maybe more of a question mark going forward. I think Falmouth should win this game, but after that, I don't know. Yeah, and we've seen Falmouth get off to a lot of strong starts in the first quarter, but mm-hmm. it, yeah, like you just mentioned, with those two players out, that might be more difficult to do. And sure. uh, yeah, but Falmouth really kind of needs this one. You know, you've seen not just with the girls' basketball programs, but you've seen a lot of teams that have won or they've only lost a few games in the year, and then they struggle in the first round of the postseason. Yep. 
Um, I've seen that sometimes with even like the girls lacrosse program, sure. for example. So I think some of yeah. the players who are crossover there, they have a lot to prove that we're not just a one and done team. So mm-hmm. maybe that provides a little bit of extra fuel. And I'm sure, you know, Coach Bob um, Boucher isn't mm-hmm. afraid to remind them of that. Definitely. And Falmouth is a very good defensive team. I mean, they beat right. Nosset at home not by shooting well. They beat them by t- shutting play- down. Yeah, yeah, playing great defense and taking Nosset completely out of its offensive game. So even if their scoring does take a little bit of a dip, they are very capable of holding opposing teams to 25 under 30 points. And even without Ariana, they should be able to score, you know, 35 or something. Right. So I do it with basketball. Um, and again, you know, for anyone who's not watching the show or is watching the show live and you miss any of this, you can always go back and watch the show, capecodtimes.com slash capesportsnow. Uh, we'll turn it over to hockey, though, mm-hmm. for the meantime. Um, starting tonight, we have our first game in the preliminary round of Division Two. You'll have uh, 15 seeds of sandwich going up against uh, Matt's hometown or <laughs> where he grew up in Brookline, the 18th seed. <laughs> um, or not. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> neutral, I guess. You're covering the game, dude. <laughs> uh, that's at 7 p.m. at Gallo Ice Arena in Bourne. Uh, sandwich, you know, there was obviously some concern middle of the season. They might miss the postseason for the second straight year, but as of late, starting to play a lot better. I think they had a lot of momentum riding off winning the Jeff Hayes tournament, yes. winning that shootout against the – For sure. A low, uh, low Catholic. Um, so sandwich comes in nine, nine, and three. I think it could be pretty happy where it ended up, though. If you look at this part of the bracket, because not only does it get a winnable game mm-hmm. to open up with, um, the, the next opponent would be number two Southeastern, which absolutely dominated the the MAC this year. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, sandwich plays in a much better Atlanta Coast League, oh, yeah. much better Atlanta Coast League schedule. And credit to Southeastern, they played a couple of games against Nas and lost. But mm-hmm. that indicates to me that. The Atlantic Coast League is vastly, clearly superior to the mm-hmm. Southeastern team. And if Sandwich gets Southeastern, and especially depending on where that game is played, it might be up in Canton. But it could end up being played at Gallo, you mm-hmm. know, for, for how it works. So we'll see what happens there. But Sandwich could end up in the quarterfinals. And as we'll see in, in, in a minute, um, Nossett's right in their part of the bracket. So we could see a sandwich Nossett quarterfinal, and the winner goes to the semis. You never really know with the, the, the seeds only are just numbers at a certain point. Definitely. Another Division Three uh, preliminary game, we've got uh, Mashpee Monomoy against Foxborough at the Foxborough Sports Center. That's at 4 p.m. today. Uh, Monarchs, they, need, they had to pl- wait until their final game to clinch the, a playoff spot. It was a definitive win over East Bridgewater to get in. I think for them to have a chance, uh, Jack Dano is going to have to have a really good game in goal, which he is more than capable of. He has had numerous good games in goal but you know the monarchs are kind of going to be on the road for all of this and it's definitely a tough road for them to to move through these this sectional right and Foxborough plays in such a very competitive you know hockey mock league that you know mm-hmm. those teams out in that area um and you know it's kind of funny because yeah, i know you mentioned in your report from the national monument game the other day the coach chris peterson said these next two games jack's gonna have to play the game of his life yeah. now they might need that yeah, this game and every much. game moving forward um but you know he he has been outstanding this year and we saw that on display earlier in the year against St. John Paul, where he mm-hmm. made forty-something saves and a two-two-to-one win over the uh, over the Lions. So he's certainly capable of doing it. But Foxborough, again, very talented team. That'd be a huge upset. But Mashpee Monomoly just making its second appearance mm-hmm. in the postseason um, with the two programs combined. So certainly a milestone, regardless for for a team that really struggled middle of the year to get in. Um, and then also you have tonight uh, St. John Paul is going to be at Diamond at Driscoll Arena and. Fall River. That's a 7:30 p.m. face-off. Um, almost the same story as Mashpee Monomoy. Yeah. Goalie Henry Klim's going to have to be on his game. 
Uh, Diamond, they got a couple pretty high scores up there. They play some decent competition. Um, but really the defense, I think it's going to have to limit it to one or two goals max because anything beyond that, I don't really see the Lions being able to keep up offensively and, and mm-hmm. trying to win against Diamond in a high-scoring game. Sure. You want to turn over to Tuesday? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I just mentioned Nasset at 11-8-1. They're going to be going up against Medfield at Gallo. It's a 5.30 p.m. face-off again in Bourne. This really does look like a toss. I mean, both sides have some pretty decent goaltending, and I wouldn't be surprised to see some sort of 1-1 game mm-hmm. or grind it out that ends up in overtime. You know, Nasset fell in overtime what, a couple of years ago, yeah. I think, in the tournament. Um, I think they, Oliver Ames, maybe? That sounds about right, yeah, because it was Taunton last year, I think, mm-hmm. that eliminated him. And, and anyway, so... And, you know, Nasset certainly has a potential. You know, these seniors, Miles Walther, uh, defender Cam Hole, and then goaltender Chase Holm, they've all kind of been building up to this point. You know, they've been great contributors to this program. But I think if they all play well, there's a very good chance that Nasset gets to that quarterfinal, potentially against the sandwich team. Mm-hmm. Um, or otherwise, it would be Southeastern and a team that's already beaten. So Nasset has, I think, a very good shot if they can get this one to get to the semifinal. And once you're at that point, anything can yeah. happen. Also in D3 on, on Tuesday, we've got a preliminary round game between Alboro. Uh, they're at Nantucket. That's Tuesday at 5.15. Nantucket's been really good lately. They're 6-1-1 over their last eight games. You know, they've got a four. It's always, I think, really good home court advantage or home ice advantage when you can force teams to come over on the ferry. It's a lot of travel. You never know how going over the water is going to affect people. Certainly, I've gotten seasick doing that. <laughs> Um, so I think home ice, I think Nantucket getting to be at home uh, will be critical here, and I think they should be able to win at least this first right. game. But just an incredible stretch to go 6-1-1 one, one over yeah. the last eight games. They finally started to figure out the system under Coach Scott Corbin in his first yeah. year. So, you know, this is a program that, again, two years ago was among the best in the South Sectional, mm-hmm. and they've really turned it on, starting to kind of get a little bit of swagger if such a thing as exists in hockey. And... Yeah, I, I this is the team that I would not want to face in Division Four. I think I've said or Division Three. I think I've said that before. So we'll see what happens. Um, and then moving on to Thursday, you know, you mentioned the Martha's Vineyard boys basketball team, but the boys hockey team's been pretty good this year too. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of sneakily put together a, a good season, but they drew a tough matchup in Ashland, which you know is, seems to be a frequent spoiler. That game's going to be 4 p.m. Thursday at Gallo Ice Arena. Mm-hmm. Very tough game I, again, uh, Ashland. They always seem to play sort of that spoiler and overachieve right. and s- surprise teams. You know, they made the semifinals last year by knocking off St. John Paul and Bourne, and they were the number 20 seed. Mm-hmm. So now that they're up a little bit higher, um, you know, in the mid-teens, I would not be surprised to see Ashton come up and win a couple games and surprise some higher-seeded teams. And, you know, two years ago, this Ashton team took Nantucket, which was undefeated to the wire, mm-hmm. too. So, again, nothing surprises me, and it's going to be a very tough matchup with the Vineyard. Over to... Uh... Uh, wrapping up Thursday, we've got Upper Cape versus Coyle Cassidy. That's at Gallo Ice Arena, so home ice for the Rams. Tough draw for Upper Cape against a Coyle team that they've gone up against. Barnstable, Falmouth, Hanover, Marshfield. They play higher division, really tough teams. Upper Cape's offense has been really good at times this year. I think it's maybe fallen back a little bit in the last couple of weeks, but they're going to have to pick it back up to uh, win this game. Yeah, that line of Kevin Flynn, Josh Winiarski, and Joe McArdle, they've had an unbelievable season turning that program around that mm-hmm. was just won four games, I think, a couple of years ago and turned it into a real powerhouse. So, you know, they're, they're certainly not going to want to be one and done, but they're at home. And, you know, the other interesting angle I was thinking about this game is that there might be some bad, a little bit of bad blood between these schools coming off the football season. <laughs> you know, um, you know, you had, uh, you yeah. know, uh, Jazari Salim got to kind of take it out in the 
beginning of that second half, and I'm sure there's some carryover. Some guys that, you know, maybe those rosters are all up on mass hockey. They know, they know, you know, it's it's easy to find out who's who. So I, sure. I'm not condoning anything, but at the same time, you know, there's I can imagine there's going to be a little mm-hmm. bit of sour taste from some of those guys who play football and hockey that they're going to want to take care of business and not lose to this team twice in the same school year. For sure. Um, and then Friday, um, we'll have to see what happens uh, tonight. But the winner of the Mashpee Monomoy Foxborough game is going to be at Bourne at 8 p.m. Friday at Gallo. I'm really excited to see this Bourne team kind of get going in the postseason. It's, it's a long break from the regular season of the postseason, but mm-hmm. this group has clearly shown potential since day one. They had a bit of a rocky start, but ripped off 10 wins in a row. And I expect the two Hess brothers, uh, Joe and Max, um, the Lapworth brothers, Owen and Chase, Christian Mulkern, goaltender Kyle McGuire, all these guys have been standout, rock-solid guys. Even guys like Mike Benito, kind of those second-tier guys have been great. I fully expect this team to make the semifinals, which would likely set up a rematch with um, this top-seed Hanover. Mm -hmm. And that game could be at Gallo. And I talked to Coach Frank Carpenino over the weekend. He said that can kind of be a blessing and a curse playing at home because at the same time, you don't want to get embarrassed in the playoffs (laughs) and you're on home ice. But at the same time, being at home and having your home crowd there having that familiarity, I think it evens out the playing field a little bit. And if it's Bourne versus Hanover at Gallo, it's going to be a great matchup. Cool. Before we turn it over to girls basketball, if you're wondering about Barnstable and Falmouth, they are Division One. The Division One brackets aren't finalized yet because the Super 8 play-in games are tonight, and the losers of those games will drop into the D1 bracket there. So after tonight, we'll know who Barnstable and Falmouth are playing and when, uh, but both of the teams that could drop, I think, are uh, D1 teams, so that's kind of how that works. Right, and, and both of them should be playing by Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. It's usually how it works, so they got to give those wildcard teams that lost at least a couple days to you know, get back. Recover, and, yeah. Right, and allow them to play because they wouldn't play them back-to-back like that. So. For sure. We'll have updates on that. You can follow our uh, department Twitter, Sports CCT. You can also follow us on Twitter. We'll be sure to send that info out. Um, I'm Matt Goisman, CCT, M-A-T-T-G-O-I-S-M-A-N-C-C-T. Right, but I'm glad you mentioned Barnstable and Falmouth, though, because those are two teams that are going to be, I think, seeded really closely. I think the Herald had them almost at like six or seven mm-hmm. back-to-back. Barnstable, I think, was a hair ahead of Falmouth because they had the win. But, you know, it's going to be very interesting, and I don't know if these teams can exactly match up. I think they're going to be at opposite ends of the bracket, unfortunately. But mm-hmm. still, um, a lot of potential on both sides, and, you know, we'll see what happens, who they match up with. Cool. Uh, so let's turn over to girls basketball. Oh, girls hockey. Girls hockey. <laughs> let's turn back to girls basketball and go through that whole list again. Uh, <laughs> so. uh, it's all right. Um, so Wednesday, you know, kickoff, Barnstable is going to be at Braintree. Again, Barnstable Braintree Part 2 mm-hmm. this week. Um, that's going to be up in Randolph, 6.30 p.m. You know, some perspective on Braintree. They took uh, undefeated Duxbury to the wire with a 4-3 loss. I think that shows that Braintree is really kind of that second tier and can mm-hmm. play really well. It's going to be a tough game for Barnstable. It's really struck. Barnstable's really struggled on the road this year. Only two road wins. Mm-hmm. So that defense led by Carolyn Oakley, Katie McCauley, or Katie McNulty, really going to have to bear down and, mm-hmm. and try to figure something out. Um, because I hope Sean McEnany can can find some space to work. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a full team effort. But Barnstable surprised teams before. You know, they beat DY. They've hung in with. Some of these better teams, um, you know, you never quite know what could happen in the postseason. Um, another tough matchup, uh, Bourne, uh, Mashby, Wareham, Old Rochester is going to be playing Shrewsbury up at the North Star Ice Sports in Westboro. That's a 6.30 p.m. start Wednesday. 
that's a real tough opener for mm-hmm. BMW against a Shrewsbury team, which was number one in the Division One state tournament last year. Remember, uh-huh. girls hockey goes statewide tournament, not sectionals. No sectionals. Yeah. Um, you know, Meg Nolan, we seem to mention every week, she's going to have to be sharp, and she has been. You know, Bourne's only allowed 27 goals. That's the best among all Cape teams, mm-hmm. girls hockey teams. So these teams really do don't know much about each other. I don't think they have any common opponents, which could make things interesting. But the unfortunate thing is the winner of this game gets Duxbury, which mm-hmm. is going to be an even more difficult matchup. So, sure. And then uh, the D2 prelims, uh, we've got Situate against Falmouth. That's at Falmouth Ice Arena on Wednesday. That's a 6 p.m. game. I think a lot of us want to see the D.Y. Falmouth kind of rubber match. The teams split their two ACL games during the regular season. Falmouth, Sam McKenzie, she's got 16 goals, 5 assists. Eighth grader, Ryan McDonald, she's got 10 goals, 5 assists, so 15 total points. And then Megan Azado, who's an eighth grader, has got 6 goals and 10 assists. Some good young talent on this Clippers squad. So even if they can't go deep this year, there's – uh, future is really bright for this team, and they'll definitely benefit from this experience. But this is a team that we've seen beat DY, so if they can win this game, they've definitely got a chance to get to you know the third round at least, and maybe farther. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's the interesting part about this bracket is that obviously Falmouth got to take it one game at a time and beat Situa, which is a pretty solid team. But if they win this game, they'll get a they'll get a rematch with our rubber match with DY, which mm-hmm. is coming in sixteen and four. Again, we'll play Situa or Falmouth later this week. Probably you know, Friday or Saturday, we figured. Yeah, exactly. So it was just so interesting between these two programs that the last two years when these teams have faced, the road team has won the last mm-hmm. four matchups. So Falmouth hasn't backed down from anyone. They, you know, they beat Barnstable at home earlier this year, lost the, the rematch at Barnstable. But um, it's just going to be a matter of which team shows up. Mm-hmm. And certainly Sam McKenzie is going to have to have really that stellar performance and really take over that, that Falmouth team. But certainly it's a team you can't count out. Mm-hmm. Um, but D.Y., you know, again, uh, this is obviously the opportunity they've been itching for ever since uh, last season ended, I think, a little bit earlier than they, they really expected, yeah. getting knocked off by Algonquin in, in the, the quarterfinal. Eight, yeah. um, but Ava and Kayla McGaffigan have just been incredible this year. You know, 69 goals among the 87 D.Y. scored this year. 48 of those goals, by the way, belong to Kayla. So <laughs> outscoring her mark even from field hockey, which I guess is no surprise. Yeah. It's a lot harder to score in field hockey yes. than it is ice hockey. But, you know, a player that doesn't get talked about much is Sam Johnson. And for her to be able to fill in on that line, mm-hmm. it, it's really, and set up, you know, the, the two twins has really been outstanding. And certainly she belongs, you know, in the conversation with those two McGaffigans. It's really, you know, put together a nice season, mm-hmm. especially when other teams are keen on um, those two, that she gets a lot of open looks and takes makes the most of them. But again, you know, just an incredible year for the freshman twins. And the, really the question that that they have to ask when, you know, the season ends is, will they be sticking around? And, yeah. You know, you hear whispers from each side, and I think prep schools will be foolish not to at least take a look and make some calls and try to inquire about these two twins. But at the end of the day, the decision is going to be up to them and their family. And, you know, they, they're obviously are two great kids. We've talked with them both before extensively. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you'd like to see them stick around for our sake because it's good to cheer on our local athletes, but certainly you hope that they can excel at the highest level possible. Definitely. I, uh, I, I'm curious which team D.Y. kind of would want more. On the Falmouth side, you do get the uh, rivalry energy, but the, that's kind of a double-edged sword because Falmouth will also feel that same energy. And I think th- these are two teams that don't like each other very much. I think there's a lot of carryover from field hockey where they don't like each other. Uh, you know, So I think 
in some ways, maybe you want Situate because you don't want to play a team that knows they can beat you. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say Situate absolutely is the team they'd rather face, but they're not going to back down from anybody. And mm-hmm. Coach John Shaw doesn't approach it that way. He just looks, well, whoever sure. we're going to play, we're going to play our game, worry about what we can do. Um, and then the real thing, though, with DYs, you have to worry about is that, you know, there's only 16 players, 14 of them skaters, get two goaltenders. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've seen Lucy Reed struggle at times and they've kind of gone to their backup Tesla Bell at times. And when talking to coach John Shaw Friday, he wouldn't commit to a starting goaltender. So, you know, maybe that's just to, you know, it doesn't go to either goaltender's head that they have to keep working hard in practice and earn that starting spot. Mm -hmm. I I would be really surprised if Reed didn't start, but certainly, you know, there's an open question there and, you know, we'll see what happens. But the other thing, too, with that depth is, you know, there's only a couple lines that DUI can roll out. And if they get into a physical game where they're chasing too much and the McGaffigans aren't getting their offense going, it's going to take its toll by the third period. And mm-hmm. we've kind of seen that at times. You know, when they played Barnstable, they kind of fell apart in the third period. And, you know, we've seen injuries with, you know, you know Phoebe Chase and even Lily Holmes at times. So they got to try to put together a healthy squad because that's the only way they make a run farther than they did last year. Sure. We'll wrap it up real quick with a couple of the other sports, uh, just real briefly. So track, we had the All-State track meet last weekend. This weekend is the uh, Saturday is the New England Championships. That's at the Reggie Lewis Center in Roxbury. We've got a few athletes who are going to be in that. Nossett's Monique Malcolm uh, can focus on the 55-meter dash uh, after she broke her own school record of 7.31 seconds at last week's All-State meet. She's been really good this year, you know, there have been some years where Massachusetts has been one of the better states for seeding at New England, so she might be able to make the final, crack the top five in that. Uh, in the shot put, we've got DY's Tiana Basie and Falmus Abby Chorches. Uh, Chorches has been on Basie's heels all season. Basie was third last year and I think has the experience. You know, she didn't win it at All-State in part because the person who won it threw like 48 feet for a meet record, which was yeah, very girl impressive. Yeah, from I was hearing she might even be going to Harvard or something like yeah, that next so year. So really I mean, good. Not only is she, you know, you know, a great athlete, very smart too, clearly, for getting offers by Harvard. Yeah, absolutely. And then Mackenzie Condon from Martha's Vineyard is uh, through in the 55-meter hurdle. She took sixth in that event. So we've got four going to the, all, uh, to the New England track meet, which is very hard to do, and hats off to all four of them. Yeah, and, you know, with Malcolm's story, just so interesting, you know, she came into the school this year completely, or she came here this summer, came into the school, really didn't know anybody, hadn't run indoor track before because she was from Jamaica, and she just put together just a really outstanding season, very nice kid, humble mm-hmm. with it all. But again, it, you know, it took Springfield Central's top sprinter to knock her off at all states, and then there was one other person in front of her as well. So um, sky's the limit for her, certainly, just a sophomore to be able to compete with some of these very seasoned athletes. Mm-hmm. In uh, gymnastics, uh, sectionals were this past weekend. Barnstable, Falmouth, Mashpee, they each moved up one spot from their seated places. So they all, you know, they outperformed where they were expected to. Uh, they're not going to state, though, so their seasons are done. Uh, for the flippers, Ava Kelly uh, scored a 9.225 on the vault. Emma Noon scored a 9.1. Uh, same event from Barnstable, Sadie Murphy, a 9.0, and Zoe uh, Boris, an 8.55 in that event. Uh, you know, Jenna Frazier, a 9-0 on the floor and an 8-9 on the beam. She's the junior captain for Barnstable. You know, I talked to her last week. She and Sadie Murphy have kind of been the heart of the team. It's a bit of a smaller squad than they've had, and I think they're still kind of building towards something. 
they're very competitive. Frazier was a state champ at the USA Gymnastics like club level a few years ago. I think they feel comfortable with competition. I think this is a team that could be even better next year, but they just they haven't quite finished that rebuild from uh, losing all those seniors to the team that won New England yeah. a couple of years ago. It's going to be so hard, you know, from those glory days. And you look at the storied program of Barnstable, yeah. you know, it's just it's a lot to live up to. And I don't know if you asked Frazier about that, you know, looking back and looking at what she Barnstable was part has of those done. Team, right, mean. exactly. But you know, it's just so hard when you've been through that already. It's like it seems like you can only go down at a certain point, you know? Well, that team had something like six or eight seniors on it, almost all of whom were, you know, on the team on the All-State roster. You know, these were major contributors. And when you lose all of them, you have a lot of slots you got to fill. Right, right. So the other sport that's also wrapped up this past weekend was wrestling. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had three sandwich wrestlers, Connor Keegan, Kevin Keegan, and Paul Cody. They were all limited on the first day of all states this past Friday, mm-hmm. but they all had tremendous season. You know, Connor Keegan to win a state division three title and obviously the South sectional title as well um, is just a tremendous accomplishment, especially from a guy that, you know, kind of not necessarily flew under the radar, but was kind of that friends outside. Maybe you didn't expect him to win a championship, mm-hmm. but he worked hard enough and did it. Definitely. Um, on a junior captain too. So he'll likely be back next year as well as will Kevin, I, I believe. Yeah. So, um, you Kevin know, won two matches. I mean, right. he lost, then he won two, and then he finally lost his fourth match of the day. That's a good run at Allstate. That to is, win a match at Allstate is what a lot of wrestlers dream of doing. Definitely true. But to not give up after giving up that first-round match and then to have to not get overwhelmed by the thought of having to go through that whole constellation bracket, hats off to him. You know, he's a younger kid. He's newer to the program. Really good season for him. Right, and then Paul Cody, a sectional champ last season, he kind of goes off into the sunset, so to speak. Um, he really over hundred wins. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he's going to be heading off into the Marines, so, so clearly on to you know a even greater challenge after graduation. But a mm-hmm. nice kid did get to talk with him, and certainly he's one of those guys when you know you look back at the you know the neat stories of the world and, and guys like that certainly left their mark on the program. Cool. Think that I'd do it. Yeah, um, you know, huge stow extensively. Again, if you missed any of it live, uh, you can catch it on capecodtimes.com slash uh, capesports now. Um, it will also be posted to our Facebook page at the Cape Cod Times. Um, you can also download the podcast on the Google, um, iTunes, Apple Play, podcast whatever. Apps, yeah. I'm, if I'm repeating myself, it's because there's so many places you can get podcasts nowadays. <laughs> um, stay tuned for the latest updates. Um, fortunately, it's only windy, but there could be winter weather, of course, coming on, you know, coming on later this week so um stay tuned to our twitter account sports cct you can also follow me on twitter at at steve underscore derdarian my last name's d-e-r-d-e-r-i-a-n and i've already given my twitter handle so i'm not going <laughs> to spell it again but it's mad Coy's at him CCT. at him yeah. all the time <laughs> uh thank you so much for watching and uh enjoy the games this week just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.